Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And welcome to the IGN UK podcast, episode 346. And it, I think we've got the messiest table we've ever had. Whose fault is on that? On a podcast. I mean, well, well, it'll all be worth it in the end. For listeners, you do not understand the epicosity of how much stuff there is There's on our table. Weird WWE mm-hmm. jumper. It's not, not weird, is. mate. It's my hoodie. It looks weird. Wow. <laughs> is yeah. it actually your hoodie? Yeah, it was a gift from Gavin. It's how a large, often do you so. wear it? Almost never. Okay, so it's n- it's barely yours. It's now getting used. It's been sat in the studio for forever. I feel like love. people don't know who I am. Well, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> at my three o'clock position, we have the Chancellor of Germany, head of Nazi propaganda. What? Joseph Goebbels. Oh no, I mean Joseph Scrabbles. <laughs> Close to racism. <laughs> this hosting job's going yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On my right at the nine o'clock Christ, position. Christ, what am I going to get? We have Dale Driver, who I did, I did look up to see whether there was anyone with your name similar on Google. Nobody, but one of a kind, baby. I found some really nice pictures of you from your days at Coventry Film School, but... Coventry Film School? Coventry Film School. <laughs> Well, that that definitely the, doesn't exist. Well, <laughs> just filming Coventry in University. Coventry, Coventry University yes, studying that's where I film. studied Coventry University. That's very good. But I do think you should enter into the Olympics just because your name sounds like you should be a world famous fencer. Fencer? Fencer, yes, fencing. You're coming out with some weird hmm. stuff. What's mm. going What, a world famous fencer? You don't, don't you think Dale Driver? <laughs> or back in the day, tug of war used to be a genuine Olympic sport. What about hammer throw? I feel oh. like I could do that. I was going to say, like, I actually quite like the idea of, like... Because fencing's really posh, isn't it? Yeah. If you came in yeah. as like Dale the Stab Driver, it's a bit rough. <laughs> yeah. You just tore up the competition. It's like, this guy's got no decorum. He's a loose cannon. He's a wild card. Just going around calling everyone mate all the time, right, mate? What's the game? Yeah, stabbing them right in the grill. <laughs> <laughs> you have been drive. <laughs> probably not. Probably not the best kind of catchphrase. Yeah. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop. It's fine. It's fine. This is what happens when I host the podcast. For the first time Seemingly. we get mm. mental names but speaking of mental things <laughs> first up, in the back actually that's probably kind of a twist it's not mental mr robot <laughs> is 18 it's a little bit mental i yes. know it is a little bit well if you've seen it you'll understand but joe you've been watching this loads oh you? we're not even talking about the oh, tv yeah. show see you've ah. this is this is how we're messing with whoa, all whoa, in at the whoa, first whoa, hurdle whoa, whoa, we're whoa, playing the whoa. mr robot mobile game yeah. Me and Dale are. We hacked your running order so you wouldn't know what's (laughs) going on. (laughs) It all makes sense. I didn't even know there was a mobile game. This is super Oh, yes, and the plot even thickens. It's made by, well, Joe will elaborate on that, but Telltale are involved. Yeah, it's in association with Telltale, but it's made by Night School Studios, who made Oxenfree earlier this year, which is a game I've yet to play, but is apparently fantastic. It's like a teen drama horror game Mm -hmm. um, set on a weird island. Um, But this is essentially a sort of text adventure told through actual texts. Like, you turn on the app and it's as if you're running an operating system from eCorp, from the Mm. TV show. Have you watched the TV show? I've seen 
the first episode. Okay, so you know and enough. And I know the twist. <laughs> okay, that's right. Um, it seems to be set at some point during the first season, as far as I can tell. Right. That seem, that's what it strikes I me mean, as. you've finished it. I'm about, yes. probably about halfway through it, but I haven't worked out what the overact story is. I'm sure you might know some information well, about my, that. My only, my only guess is because lots of the characters don't seem to know stuff that they would know if it was okay. at the end of cool. the first series. Yeah. Um, but that's just a hinted thing. Do you feel like it adds more to the show for you? No. Or is it, but then for, I, don't, I don't feel like that either. I feel like it's its own thing. This is the thing. I don't really like the show that much. Yeah. Like, I got really bothered by it. I thought the writing was really bad. And actually, the writing here is quite poor in places as well. Uh, not least because a lot of the things that happen make no fucking yes, sense at all. It's a bit weird. Like, the game starts with a picture of a phone and it says tap to pick up this phone and that's how you start the game it's a phone you found on Coney Island right? and you start getting contacted by the person who owns the phone and all their original contacts but your character acts as if they haven't just stolen a phone yeah. from the floor for a long time which makes no sense to me at all and I thought that that is never resolved so it's not it, a spoiler it, to say that it's not as if like, the they're person who in. contacts you as well who actually owns the phone uh-huh. they're like extremely hostile with you even if you so you obviously get Prompts so you don't type in things, you can choose answers. So it's multiple choice, in multiple okay. choice space. But you can choose to be like, I'm really sorry, I'll return the phone to you, no problem. And, stuff like that. and then they're like, No, you're in too deep now. Yeah, and you're like, ridiculous. Jesus, I'll just give you your phone back. That's care. very telltale. In yeah. well, I was talking to my housemate about this last night because he's just completed the first series of The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. And um, there's choices where you can kill someone in front of Clementine or not. Mm. And he was just like, Oh, yeah, I chose to like, blow his brains out. And then immediately after, Clementine's like, That was such a terrible decision. Lee, like why why did you do that and then you just literally say oh I'm really sorry I'm very repentant and then she's like oh it's all happy and fine so your relationship is always pretty good like yeah. it doesn't make mm. sense oh yeah of course like you've just blown someone's brains out Clementine would not be happy but it's that it's the same with this it sounds like that no matter what decision you choose the story is going to take you and down the same yeah, way that's absolutely true where me and Joe yesterday compared ours as well and we'd seen where we give different answers and yeah their, their first like, immediate response is slightly different but it all comes back it, to the same it, conclusion it seems Seems to be along a single yeah. line, basically, yeah. um, which is classic Telltale stuff. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe we're getting too bogged down yeah, in the yeah. Telltale thing, considering I, I'm almost positive it is not written by them. I mm. think it is this other studio, but mm. I guess the framework or the engine maybe is them. Yeah, they're probably using the Telltale engine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but it, you and said that I don't think it's a, it's not really that sort of engine, though, is it? There's no graphical. No, it's I mean like, like like you're in WhatsApp. No, no, but that then, but that's exactly it. That's what the Telltale engine has that makes it so unique to other engines that it's built around. Oh, are you like talking about the the narrative story driven but this but is that's I, I was going to ask so in terms of the actual gameplay when you're holding your phone in your hand mm-hmm. do you basically just see a messenger screen the whole time and you're kind of got or when you're you, not receiving messages what are you doing nothing so have you played the game lifeline yes i was about to ask yeah. is it like it's very similar to lifeline in that you'll make a choice or you'll be waiting for a response and it can take actual like an actual day hmm. like i think it took me about five days to get through and i was generally responding as soon as I got something so you've taken a little longer to yeah, so the same day I uh, get the notifications and then I'll be doing something else and I'll forget to do it and then I'll only do it on my commute and things like that so yeah. that's why I've been slower getting through it but the good thing about Lifeline was I really enjoyed Lifeline but it had its problems as well but on that, you could choose to turn off like the the live time sort of situation. You could say oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they immediately respond to you. Yeah. And that was really helpful for me Like when I was on a long journey and I just want to play this game. I just mm. want to see what's happened so I can disable that. It's a cool idea, but sometimes I just want to play the game. Yeah. I feel like Mr. Robot's missing that a little bit. I suppose I've kind of, I've had quite a nice time just 
like looking at my phone and going, oh shit, yeah, this guy got back to me. Right, and yeah, like yeah. having that sort of ticking away in the background, mm. it's not something I really want to play actively because there's not much to it. Yeah. Like the weight is almost part of the fun yeah. for me. But the thing that really impresses me, because as we've said, it, it does appear to basically just be a linear story with very minor differences. Mm-hmm. Um, what it does that Telltale games don't do is it does not tell you when you're making a big decision Oh, or even okay. if you are, yeah. like it but never goes, someone's going to remember, remember that. that. Darlene will remember this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, never there's, no, like there's no element of it that feels like it's shepherding you or telling you off. It just, which even knowing that it's linear made it feel way more stressful. A lot of the situations mm. you get, like particularly later on, which you'll see, yeah. you get into moments where people are actively not doing what you want them to do and things are going wrong, and you've got multiple people talking to you, asking you to do different things, and it becomes really stressful. And because you don't know what decisions you're making or what that, you can make a choice. It has the telltale problem of you choose a set of, like, words, and but it they don't actually them. say the yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah. But at least this gives you the chance to look at them before you send them. It's cool. It's like got you that can, sort of animation of typing it out as well, yeah. spelling yeah. mistakes included. So that's cool. You can yeah. just write like, huh, okay, <laughs> um, as the choice, and then it will write out like, okay, I see, right, I, I kind of get that. Yeah, Instead, yeah. and it kind of cha- you get the chance to see what your tone will be. Mm. And so you, you second guess yourself a lot. Can you communicate purely in emojis. No, you can't. No. There's well, very little that emoji is a action. terrible design flaw. You're playing as, essentially you're playing as me, someone who refuses to use emojis. Yeah. Out of <laughs> oh, stubborn old person the, hate. The best game is where you just put a selection of emojis, maybe like the devil face, uh, the flag of China, <laughs> Uh, I already know this isn't the best game. And a banana. Flag of China. And a broken heart emoji. And the other person has to try and decide what you're trying to communicate with that. Got or like the a Deadpool advertising. Yeah, something, something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, that was quite yeah. good, actually. That was quite clever. Yeah, it was really good. But, yeah, basically, I just found it a really interesting take on that yeah. stuff. And I think it, if Telltale take any notice of it, it will be worthwhile. Like, it mm, might, in and of itself, yeah. I'm not sure it's, like... A brilliant yeah. thing. Although there are moments where you're like, holy shit, I'm like actively being a terrible person yeah. and the game the is hacking, making yeah. me the game I'm, is making me do that. Basically, I'm well up for any mobile game that has narrative as its focus, because mm. I've spoken to so many games developers over the last two years where mobile is seen as a space where it's, you know, it's your candy crush, your clash of clans. Like mm-hmm. narrative is not a massive thing on mobile because the play sessions are so short. Mm. So people kind of play them in bus stop moments, kind of five. Yeah even 30 second stretches. And um, I think a lot of developers are very intimidated by that when it comes to creating a story because it's so hard to create a story that's given in really tiny little installments. But this format works so well for that because it's the idea of these messages coming in and drip feeds. The difference is, I guess, is as you were saying, Dale, the player can't actually choose when they're going to play the game. That's a minor niggle because it's it's trying to go for that element of realism. Like there's a few times I've been in there and I've tried to do things what I would normally do in Messenger. Like you get spam text messages as well. Mm. And I've tried to like swipe left on them to try and delete those messages a few times. You can't do that, obviously. I've gone through all the attachments, tried to add attachments and just yeah. messed around with it as if it is yeah. a normal messenger app. There's um there's also a group convo you get in at one point where oh, it's God, about five or six people talking about just their everyday shit. And it's oh god, the, clock the clock's gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's so infuriating. And I really wanted to try and mute that conversation and I couldn't. And that was I was just like, please shut up. I was just trying to get him through it, this. It accurately simulates having a group of the worst friends in the world. They were horrible people. They're awful bastards. Yeah. I feel I feel like we're being like largely negative on it, but I feel 
the hacking element of it is like, fantastic because it's not like you're not playing a hacking mini game or something like that. There's for, so for example, the first person you hack, uh, you need to find out their credentials for a login. Someone that requests you, you get that. So you get their number and you start messaging them, pretending to be HR department. And they're very suspect about that. But eventually you get HR's number and you can contact their number oh, and pretend to be amazing. her husband and oh. basically work out a long way around of trying to work out her password. So there are, little, there are elements of like, this is another thing that Telltale doesn't do very well. Like they really highlight the stuff that you need a lot of the time, that classic mm. like point and click way. Yeah. In this, there are moments where you get told some information and then you'll realize that it's changed options yeah. on other conversations because you've now got the information to do it more successfully. So I don't know whether there are elements where you can just totally like screw up a conversation for a long time until you've talked to this other person and then suddenly maybe, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe there are branches where you just mm. mess up until you find out that someone else can tell you what to do. Well that other one with the HR department they sent me the she sent me the number but I, it was just part of a conversation mm. and then after a while I, I was like I was stuck because she stopped talking to me and then I went from a contact center that HR had been added so then I went in there but yeah. I could have easily just ignored that and been waiting around for hours for yeah. a response or something so do you know what's another cool. really interesting aspect of this game and it's so emblematic of a trend that we've been seeing so much with mobile games lately that lots of developers have been creating games based around like larger IP. So this mm. is Mr. Robot. We had, there was a Dark Souls mobile game that came out around was the same there? time that Dark Souls Slashy 3 came Souls. out. Oh, it was God. awful. It was, it was terrible. But the point was, it existed. Uh, there's, there was one That's based on... Loads. There was a Metal Gear Solid 4 one. Metal Gear Solid game. There was a uh, Lara Croft game that came out. Lara Croft Go. Yeah. The all those Go Hitman, games. Yeah. Hitman, all the Hitman Go games. Death oh, X one as well. There was that, you know, that really terrible film that had the guy from Game of Thrones in it. Uh, Sean Bean. Cersei's brother, uh, James Lannister, yeah. and it was gods of, e gods of Egypt. Oh, yeah. There was a Gods of Egypt mobile game that came out. Like, that's a form it's, of advertising, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But it, that's what's really interesting, that we're seeing so many of them come out now, because actually mobile gamers are really powerful. It's showing how gaming is becoming a really, really powerful force in terms of like other media, how we consume it, pulling in new players or, or new viewers and things. Like Actually, gaming is really lifting up yeah. other areas there's of culture. Always, there's always been the tie-in, hasn't there? But nowadays... Cool it's so spot. Much, yeah. It's so much, seven up advertising in <laughs> SNES form. It's so much easier now to uh, to make a mobile game. That it's a very like, quick turn... Well, much quicker turnaround than yes, making a full definitely. blank. Like when they made like the Independence Day game, which was absolute trash, mm. by the way. But they made that, you know, a £40 game. But I, just, I find it really interesting how it's not it's not even just uh, the, the game tie-ins of movies and TV series, as we're obviously seeing. Mm. It's also mobile game versions of games like the the slashy song yeah. thing i think that's really interesting how it seems that game developers are almost trying to pull in mobile gamers who perhaps mm. are mobile first they've never they've never played pc or console they've discovered gaming through the games on their phone and then maybe they can go "Ooh, do you like this terribly created slashy souls game you should go and play one of the hardest games on console well now. i think we're getting to the point where I've, we're past the sort of licensed game that was like there are good examples of this like say Aladdin. The yeah. Aladdin license game has almost nothing to do with that film other than the sprites <laughs> look the same. Yeah. But nowadays we're getting... like So Mr. Robot is a great example of this because it, it feeds into that world and draws its ideas as part of its design. It's not like... It's not a platformer featuring Rami Malek no, walking no, yeah. to the side and punching computers. <laughs> That's like, until dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this, this is like... It feeds into that world. It adds to that story. It's kind of extended universe stuff. And yeah. we get the sense of doing some of what they do themselves yeah, yeah, on a totally. lower level, yeah. which yeah. is really exciting. Yeah. Um, it makes me like Mr. Robot, a thing I didn't like as much more oh, as really? a result. Awesome. Mm. Like, 
that's a cool that's thing. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's a clever, really yeah, clever yeah. bit of work. And the fact that they've got in like the world's premier like adventure game company mm. and a really cool little indie studio that people are excited about. Yeah. Like that shows a level of interest and engagement mm. with game making as well as advertising mm-hmm. yeah. that I can get behind. Like mm. if this kind of stuff gets paid for by people trying to advertise to me, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that hit. If songs like, is a fun experience for you, yeah, if and it's if, good, and it bolstered your experience of the show as well, yeah. or just made you care about the show a bit more, yeah. then it's worked for everybody, hasn't it? It's pretty really? good. Yeah. Well, like speaking that. of hacking things, codes, delving good. into secrets, there's been a whole lot of hacking and code cracking oh that we've been getting our teeth into this take week. Take a deep breath, Joe. Take yeah. a deep breath, Joe. Take a deep breath, podcast listeners, because it's not as if you're sick of us talking about a certain Overwatch. No. But this is genuinely actually interesting like absolutely <laughs> as opposed to everything else the rest of it was bollocks <laughs> okay actually this fits in perfectly because it is again technically advertising for the game exactly um, this is the sombra uh, the sombra alternate reality game that is going on at the moment of which I have become completely tinfoil hat obsessed <laughs> like it's ridiculous so to keep to bring you all up to speed About two or three months ago, they started dropping hints about character called Sombra. Mm. There's files. um, The Dorado level in Overwatch has a file that says Sombra on it. And uh, all the computer screens have been hacked. And they say, Protocola Sombra. Oh, I love that again. (laughs) Say it again. Never again. It made my spine (laughs) shudder. (laughs) (laughs) And so people have been looking for clues for Sombra. And originally, everyone thought Anna the last character to come out was Sombra mm. because she was this like hooded mm. sniper yeah. mysterious figure yeah. no one knew who she was that turned out not to be the case and clues for Sombra have continually come out for the past few months we've had mm. like um, trailers keep featuring codes one of them had weird compass marks in the background of multiple mm. shots oh, wow. which, which uh, kind of corresponded with characters from the game mm-hmm. um, there was a set of code that appeared in Oh god! It was like a flash, uh, right? The white flash. There yeah. was a white flash, and which when you like changed the levels on it in Photoshop, yeah. revealed a number sequence that spelled out Sombra, and also I think that was the same one that created like ASCII art of a skull, Jesus. which has been a recurring motif. The skull keeps coming up with yeah. Sombra. Flash. So all of this has been going on. Um, flash forward to yesterday, a um, binary code titled <laughs> titled mm. forum post appears on the Overwatch forums. So- Good. It's so good. <laughs> by a character called by well, by a user called Skycoder, which we'll get onto later because that's my favourite bit of this whole thing. Oh really? god! Yeah, mm. um, this is such a rabbit hole. The, it's ridiculous. This is going to take hours. I feel yeah. like Neo, <laughs> all your and work. you're the guy with the sunglasses. <laughs> right. So, I'll try and Obvious. make this as quick as possible. The bin- the binary code uh, translates to the number twenty three. Sombra, right. if she is the next character, will be the 23rd character. 23 becomes the key to, like, everything. I realised this morning that the number 23 is that film about Jim Carrey going yeah. mad yes. as yeah. he sees it in everything. Yeah. I'm one of Jim the Carrey now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, binary code translates... written all over your face. Yeah. Why have you got 23 gonna... written on your face, mate? <laughs> I'm you at your desk, arranging all the little models into, like, groups of 23. Oh, my God. It's happening. Um... Number 23, then you... So you click on that post, you go in, and what it initially shows is a post from a character called... Uh, sorry, yeah, from Skycoder with a string of uh, Spanish-language text that has come out before that la translates que, to... La que tiene la información tiene la poder. Smash. Mm-hmm. She who has the information has the power. Yeah. 
Um, incidentally, the uh, I think wait. So <laughs> the number. This was a funny thing that was pointed out. Um, Skycoder's post count is eight nine five. If you add eight nine and five up, that adds up to twenty two, making her next post number twenty three. Fuck um, me. So there's a lot of this. Um, that then glitches out a picture of Reaper, which people think is a data mosh, which is where people like fuck with a picture to include yeah, yeah. codes in it. Appears. No one solved whether that is a data mosh yet. Jesus. And then after that, a string of more code comes out when run through a specific cipher <sighs> using the number 23 as a key. It re- reveals oh, something else. I can't quite remember the connection between that and another thing. Essentially, loads of strings of different clues came out at once. And do you know what one of my favourite clues? This is the level of detail, right? So hidden in one of the pieces of code that came out this week was uh, a GIF that showed the injuries that yes. Anna had received and how she lost her eye. As part of the GIF, there was a heartbeat signature that was right, clearly yeah, like yeah. her medical. If you broke down the heartbeats Jesus. into Morse code, the rhythm was, spelled out so another actually, clue. So actually, I was wrong about that. It's not Morse code. What it is, is it's if you split it into 26... Wait, no. How many letters are there in the alphabet? Oh, my goodness. Is it 26? Uh, 24. No, I thought it was 24. Is it anyway, 24? we should know It's not 23. <laughs> you two should if you split it into <laughs> increments that correspond to each of the letters of the alphabet, it, it, each heartbeat appears in a place that spells out the words moment in crime. Moment, oh, my Moment God. in crime is... A, an in-universe TV show that they've only ever used once in a video a year ago introducing Junkrat and Roadhog to the game. Wow. That video had uh, a tips line that you could email. So at the time, if you emailed it, it would just send you back like a stock response saying like, thank you for helping yeah, yeah. us look for Junkrat and Roadhog, blah, blah, blah. Yesterday, if you went to a momentincrime.com, it had changed into uh, a set of Spanish language stuff. Mm. I can't remember exactly what it said, but I think at the time it said uh, la Sombra one, version 1.3. <laughs> that becomes interesting later on. Um, so, and if you emailed Jeez. tips at momentincrime.com, it would send you back the stock footage, but uh, the stock message, but in between it broke up with uh, another set of codes that. Mm, I can't remember how they correspond. Basically, I think what we've got from this is this is insane. Right. The developers have so, like, this world that they've created is so rich that they're creating this kind of community. Like, I mean, the Overwatch community has always been strong. We've seen that mm. in terms of how they communicate. It sounds like with they're players, playing this matches. rather than playing the game. But anyway. yeah, like, it's this the is so cool. <laughs> I think this is absolutely awesome. It keeps going. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. It goes so much further. Right. So. The original post, it took people a while to realise that instead of the age of the post on the main forum, where it would usually say this was created six minutes ago Mm. or whatever, it said created 20, I think it was 22, or actually probably 23 hours ago when it first came out. And it was getting younger, so people realised that that was in fact a countdown. So, countdown... Is it an Overwatch forum, official Yeah, yeah, it's their own thing, so they've messed with it. So... That countdown ended at 8.30 last night. People had got loads of clues. There was another ASCII art skull that appeared. Everyone just assumed, me included, that Sombra would be revealed at the end of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, what happened? Nothing, right? <laughs> the po- Nada! Mentiras! The post disappears, right? The forum is immediately flooded with about 7,000 messages saying, what the fuck? Fuck, yeah! What is going on? <laughs> at this point... A massive practical joke. Last night I'd planned a really nice night in. I bought like a nice steak. I cooked sweet potato chips. Nice. I was really. Okay, I'd made a really nice dinner. I was going to watch film. Sit down for Sombra. When this and I was just going to check and see. <laughs> oh, Sombra's here and watch the trailer. 
Instead, what I did was logged into the Game Detectives <laughs> Discord chat and watched 3,000 people tear themselves to pieces trying to find new oh things until I went to sleep. It was fucking insane, right? So a million things happened after this, and most of them were bullshit. Okay. The main thing is that a amomentincrime.com got updated again. It changed color, slightly changed its text, and now what it says at this moment is something along the lines of activating Omnix. Omnix are the... Um, the robots, the bastion. Are the robots yeah. in the uh, story of that game. Yeah. There is a percentage counter counting up this time, unfortunately, so no one knows when it's going to end, Yeah. that is going up incredibly slowly. So it started at 2%. Oh, and by the way, it changed to one point, uh, version 1.7, the pro- Sombra protocol after right, this. Right, okay. Oh, no, wait, sorry. It was 1.3 on this first, then it was 1.7 in the email, and now it's 1.9. <laughs> Worth pointing out, uh, thir- 13, 17, 19 are all prime numbers. After that, 23 is the next prime number. Oh, my God. So everyone's expecting version 2.3 to be the next Sombra protocol. I know. I feel. I feel slightly exhausted. There, are, yeah. there is so much more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, just, just a quick interruption. You know yes. when you said um, color change on the website? Yeah. Someone try and go into the color code. For Everyone's that? looked to see if that hex code is yeah. itself a code. Just, yeah, yeah. There is just... hidden. There are hidden messages in the source code of that website. Joe, Dale, I think we need to stage an intervention. <laughs> no, yeah. Joe. Joe is. Maybe you should just get back to playing Overwatch. It's really no. fun. They, there are hidden messages in the source code of that website that are essentially mocking people. The whites people. of your eyes are bulging. I know. It's gone cross-eyed. There are... Let's <laughs> <laughs> say that the original thing was too easy, and now they have the they have a password, but no one knows what that password is oh or what God. it does. So this thing's gone up from 2% last night to 5% today. At that rate, people think it's going to take at least a week for it to finish. Which well, that trajectory, it might speed up. But some people think that when it gets to 6%, I can't remember why it will change to 2.3, which would be 23, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Loads of other shit happened. <laughs> I'm going to just go over it very quickly because people were going mad last night. A load of Overwatch celebrities like uh, YouTubers and uh, certain parts of Machinima and stuff all right. changed their uh, Twitter profile pictures to the Sombra Skull what? and um, like started tweeting messages as if they'd been hacked. Right. It's almost positive at this point that that was all a massive hoax and that all these bastards had decided to do this themselves. I mean, that would be hilarious. I'm almost sure they did. Why do you think they were decided to do it themselves? Surely they were put up to it. Well, so because they were quoting stuff from a website called playoverwatch.us, which was fake and had been created that day. Right. So the reason... The idea that a fake website would be posting the same text they're posting makes no sense. Like, it was proved... That was basically provably fake unless blizzard have gone really crazy with it this is crazy. which is unlikely this is crazy enough okay mm. during all of this blizzard gets ddos ddos attacked oh shit everyone assumes that this is part of the arg it almost <laughs> certainly isn't <laughs> pissed off because they just want to know about sombra the fake messages mentioned the gibraltar map yeah. and at this point people could not access the gibraltar map on the oh, ptr God. on the pc version uh... So everyone's losing their mind that there's secrets in Gibraltar. So when they could get in, people were like looking around in there for ages. There are so many things happening. And this Discord chat is just a ream of furious people trying to figure out this stuff. It was fascinating. It's still going on. I've got it open on my computer outside. (laughs) We're taking you away from it, aren't we? I'm just watching it. To be fair, do you know, this podcast took so long to start because you were sat (laughs) and Dale and I came in. We were here for like 10 minutes. Where's Joe? I didn't realise you were waiting. You were just there. You were just there looking at code. This this is all in service of a single new character in this freaking game. She's a hacker, right? 
got to be yeah. a hacker. Yeah, um, so yeah almost certainly. Yeah. Sombra means shadow. But then yeah. the hoaxes keep coming. People keep making fake videos of invisible characters well, running around levels this and stuff. Is the, like... This is the thing. The longer this is one of the wonderful things about this whole shebang. Mm. But also one of the terrible things that the longer it goes on, the more it's opening it up to hoaxes because yeah. people are going to get impatient. Yeah. And then people can play with each other's mind. And then actually the true trail can be lost amongst. A ton of breadcrumbs, yeah. most of them stale. I promise this is going to be the last thing, but this is this basically <laughs> this is what proves Blizzard are just the best at this, and yeah. this is what this is why I'm obsessed with this thing because everything could be real. Mm. Mm. The name Skycoder, which I talked about before, is an in joke. So recently, um, they introduced a load of new emotes where the characters sit down, mm-hmm. and one of them is Diva sitting down playing a video game and drinking and eating what looks like Doritos and Mountain Dew, which is an ongoing internet joke about her being a gamer. Yeah, that's just them kind of engaging with the community. Better than that, in the uh, search for Sombra a few weeks ago, uh, Jeff Kaplan, the game director, kept making reference to. Um, this uh, this whole thing is above our heads. Like whenever anyone asked about Sombra, he was like, oh, this whole mystery is above our heads. Okay. So people took that literally and started looking in the sky boxes of levels, <laughs> right? On the Dorado level, there is a slight um, texture aberration in the sky. Right. People took that to be a code. They fed that through a program that turns aud- uh, like video distortion into audio distortion, and it created a song that people now call the Sky Song. It's total bullshit. It's fully acknowledged that this is just crap and people have looked too far. The best thing about this is Zenyatta now has a sitting emote (laughs) that plays the Sky song. That's so lovely. Which is just like, this is why all all of these hoaxes and stuff could eventually become part of the fabric of the game. The community engaging, finding clues, trying to discover things about this. Even if they're wrong, Blizzard are going, that's actually kind of cool, let's use that. And it becomes this huge, like, inverse churn of stuff to discover. This is awesome. Which is why I'm not bothered by the fact that I spent my entire evening last night looking for stuff because who knows what's going to happen like yeah. I just find it really exciting and it's the it's the most I've ever been invested in this kind of thing like I've Absolutely, never yeah. cared about an ARG I barely care about most game stories to be honest yeah. Overwatch barely has a story as far yeah, as yeah. anything's concerned but this is the, actual gameplay this, yeah. this is just holding my attention because everything Blizzard does is fed by everyone mm. feeding right. it in the first place it's really lovely and it feels like a brilliant community to be a part of well as you descend into a puddle of quivering madness foaming at the mouth <laughs> yes. sitting in a dark room covered in the number 23 scrawled into mm-hmm. your skin that leads that. us nicely onto horror movies and <laughs> yeah. horror games that's a work for that one <laughs> which, <laughs> which I really want to talk about this week because we've had a few trailers that have dropped obviously we're coming up to October all the trailers are dropping for the horror movies then We've had Blair Witch and the trailer for Rings drop recently. Mm. We've also found out this week that Alison Road, which is this kind of PT survival-esque horror set in this photorealistic house, mm. that's now happening again. It was cancelled, but it's being picked back up again. Um, so there's this kind of, there's a lot of horror happening at the moment in the kind of games versus movies space. But I am way more excited by everything happening in the gaming space. I looked at the trailer for Rings, for example, and I just thought it was... If you've watched the originals... Rubbish. Yeah, rubbish. Yeah. Absolutely rubbish. If you've watched the originals, you know, there, there's a whole lot of lore that they explore around that. And it feels like with Rings, they've kind of just... 
I don't know, gone a bit mental. They're trying to do body horror. There's a lot of like pulling hair out of your mouth and, mm. you know, things coming up under your skin and stuff. But it just feels a load of special effects, a load of shocks, a load of jump scares which aren't actually scares mm. they're just you being startled like guarantee that, that's, they were all the biggest bits in the film as well all the biggest bits in the film and they've been crammed into the trailer and I feel like that's kind of the state of a lot of horror movies that we've been seeing recently whereas gaming seems to be experimenting with the format slightly gaming seems to be you know and not I'm on and off with that because I do feel like Silent Hill or not Silent Hills PT mm-hmm. has Done. So what we were talking about before we came in is yep. that horror films tend to follow the leader. Like as soon as something big happens, yep. ten more of those things that's come out the trend, in the mainstream. Yeah. Like that's just how it works. And for the first time, it feels like horror is doing that in gaming. Between between uh, PT and Outlast, we're mm. now seeing like Resident Evil. dark, grimy first person horror games yeah. like everywhere. Yeah. Um, Amnesia obviously came before that, and that kind of subgenre yeah, of absolutely. like true, like just chasing thrill yes is like now part of the mainstream like Resident Evil's doing it Namco's new thing Get Even is quite yep. close to that Alien like, Isolation so I'm not entirely sure like well, games are experimenting more than so I think I think film. the, the I, you can draw it back into the actual experience of watching a horror movie versus, versus playing a horror game mm. I think when you watch a horror movie because it's so prescripted like you're you're sat there and something you have absolutely no control and often the scares are built around the camera angles. Mm-hmm. So when the camera turns really suddenly, your vision and focus is pulled with the camera and then there's something suddenly standing there. Mm-hmm. And there's that kind of, or it's what you're not seeing off camera that's the kind of terror. Whereas when you're playing a video game, you are being placed physically in that hostile environment. And it's not necessarily the camera angles. Or there is sometimes that's a scare. It's actually the environment itself. So it's seeing something fall off a shelf or the music playing in the background or just the sound of something in the... I feel like background sounds like the drip of something or the sound of something down a corridor is a lot more terrifying in a game because it's got that level of immersion and that's I feel like that's what games are experimenting more with which yeah. we're seeing in Allison where there's 13 minutes of prototype gameplay which you right. can go and look at and um it's about the detail you know you wake up and you're in a living room mm. and he doesn't really seem to remember who it is like you know potentially very amnesia-esque mm. but he you know you can either just run straight through to the kitchen or you can start picking up things around the room. All and the it DVDs seems, are real and yeah, stuff. Like you can look at them really yeah. closely. And it seems really innocuous at first. But then actually when he picks up, say, uh, a wedding magazine. And he's like, why have I got a wedding magazine? And he flicks it over. And there's a really creepy drawing of a child that's clearly drawn their mother with like a, with like a knife through her heart. Classic. Like, classic. Mm. Classic. <laughs> what did you do at school today, Tilly? <laughs> but like, it's... Tilly? It's Tilly. Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's throwing Chris under the bus. <laughs> that was the first girl's name that came into my head. <laughs> but yeah, like there's this, I don't know. I feel like um, I'm, I'm definitely more terrified by horror games than I am by horror movies. Well, I think it's because you're also, where a film goes, and now you're turning in mm. a game, it's you being afraid to turn the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is an element of... control yeah. the view. And also you said earlier about uh, the camera angles and I, I think that's not true at oh, all really? really like for me it's always been sound design is like 70% of the scares really mm. it's, in it's, horror it's, movies in both in both in both it's absolute so more movies until recently more now games as well 
but uh, so the sound of silence as well is such a big that is really powerful, powerful thing well. because yeah. especially in games as well it's like you know you've been trained to know that something is coming a jump scare is coming mm. and now it's trying to subvert that but they do it all with with music and sound like it's something oh, you don't think about too much yeah that, I mean, that's what I was trying to say that I feel like they do it much better in games because mm. in movies I feel like camera angles in terms of like do you remember in like paranormal activity with the way they'd set up a camera oh the, and the fans go across the, side the that was that film was terrible you know. that that film but that one bit was amazing yeah like, such, such a good a idea brilliant idea really good idea but it's a trope that we see again and again yeah. and again and again in horror movies and i feel like when i think of um sound in horror films i often think of the music yeah. more so than mm. i think of the sound effects which mm. i feel like in games silence sound effects are done really really well and they create a more kind of immersive experience i think i think they're they're both cut from the same cloth i think that the big difference now is the like joe said like so when you're playing pt you know you've got to make that decision to go mm. around the corner you've got to force your character to do it well and there's that element of like that game's built entirely around hating the idea of what's on the other side yeah. of that door mm. because yeah. every time you go through it who knows what the yeah. next thing is oh that's awful I mean PT so PT is still a cut above everything else Absolutely. I've played of that yeah. sort like it's unbelievable what that does to yeah. you mm. I mean even the, the Resident Evil demo the first demo we, we haven't played the second one but me and you played it and <laughs> yeah, it was just <laughs> it, we played it for it once and afterwards it was like it wasn't really scary was it well so that's, that's that, that is the potential downfall that I think that horror games have where horror movies um actually have one up in that even though this the experience is really scripted in a horror movie like you 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 expect that you know that and so you suspend disbelief and you kind of put yourself into that world the action happens to you but in a game because it's your environment you expect your experience to be really unique to you so but there are things that you can really miss hmm. like in uh, Amnesia the first time you see the creature it kind of crosses mm. a corridor in the distance and uh, I miss that first time or you like uh, it, it's just this kind of weird thing where you're compared to movies and films you're kind of <laughs> The barrier means that I don't really know what I'm trying you to say. Like, yeah, I don't like really know what there. I'm trying to say. I lost my point because <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of how terrified I was when I finally did see that gigantic creature who then stalks you for the yeah. entire game yeah. and it's absolutely terrifying. But the bit in the water. The bit in the water is so scary. It's and it's so sloshy. Oh my goodness. So sloshy. Slow, so so yeah. sloshy. I think we talked about this recently, but like the thing I've never really liked horror films, particularly horror games either. Like mm. and I've gotten more interested in them and recently for whatever reason and I think in films more than games we're seeing like this sort of underground side of it become way more interesting mm. like while mainstream films sort of stagnate or horror films sort of stagnate in that way there's this like strange sort of set of offshoots that I'm really enjoying whenever yeah. whenever I see mm. them so like stuff I've loved recently is like A Field in England um, The Witch Under the Skin like these very like almost arty like takes on horror mm. yeah um and particularly when you were talking about silence like one of the most horrifying scenes i've seen recently is not horror as usual like withholding everything from you there's just this one scene in a field in england where reese Shearsmith's character goes into a tent you hear screaming for a long time and then he comes out and all the noise cuts out and oh. there's just like this very slow almost like um you know when people were like slowing down Justin Bieber tracks by 100%? <laughs> like that kind of like... 
music oh God, over yeah, it. Yeah. That is and Reese Shearsmith comes out um, on with a rope attached around him to the, like the bad guy, and he's just got this enormous grin on his face, and you have no idea why. And it's this slow motion shot for about three minutes of him just walking out, yeah. and it is disgusting. Yeah. It's so hard to deal with, yeah. and you don't know why. And that kind suspense. of like, you're waiting. So that's yeah, also editing absolutely. as well. You're yeah. waiting for the cut to happen. Yeah, mm. like you've been trained. Like when you're watching mm. the visual medium for the cut to happen, mm. and you're just standing there, and it, it, you're on the edge of the seat. It's the same thing with the silence. You're waiting for these things to happen. Mm. It's the moments in between that are scary as opposed I to. I think the like delivery. that vaguely psychedelic side of horror. Like there's other um, the other Ben, Le- ben Wheatley film, Kill List, does that mm. where it's like very realistic for a long time and then just goes mm. batshit at yeah. the end. <laughs> um, and Barbarian Sound Studio. I don't know if you saw. That's yeah, all so. about horror sounds. Like it's right. about a guy in the 70s working in Italian horror cinema oh, nice. and going slowly mad because, like the sound of horror is freaking him out so much. Oh, God. Um, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. And, yeah, that sort of slightly, like, hazy-edged horror stuff is really interesting to me mm. at the moment, which is something that I don't see games doing right now. Yeah, like, that's a good point. There's, they're a lot more about, like, mm. here's a thing, in, mm. well, not in your face, but, like, confronting you with a yes. horrible event. Even yeah. even games that are more subtle in terms of there's a build-up to it, like PT or Aslan yeah. Road yeah. and stuff, there's still, you're building up to that really horrible thing that's going to go booga, 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 yeah, booga, yeah. at the end. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. And it, I think it is a really good time for horror. I think mm. partly because people are just more accepting of it than ever. Yeah. Like people want to be scared a lot yeah. of the time. Totally. And I'm and so excited for the new Blair Witch. It's apparently yeah. it's incredible. Oh, yeah. The new Blair Witch does look genuinely actually I absolutely quite adore good. the first Blair Witch. And mm. um, the fact that it's just sort of snuck up out mm. of nowhere. Mm. And because there were so, so many great. questions left unannsered in the original Blair Witch. Was that, that why you were excited to see it? Yeah. And then I could not care less about that. <laughs> I mean, I do, yeah, obviously, but I like the fact that there's an unanswered question. I just want that experience again, again. Mm. I just want to be mm. in that environment and that world mm. and then apparently Chris said you know imagine the last 10 minutes of Blair Witch and then intensify that and ex- extend yeah. it out so he was saying was like, there's a I'm, lot I'm more in, in yeah. the house I'm in I'm well up for that I yeah. absolutely cannot wait um, and <laughs> it's funny though that we're talking about horror movies and stuff because last night don't know if you guys saw Great British Bake Off started again. I did not see it. And the true horror. True <laughs> horror. And we were sat there, I was watching it with my housemates. And you know at the beginning of a horror movie how you choose one person that's like, that's the person that's gonna survive to the end, and if they don't, then you have to drink or something, and everyone has a person that's who's gonna who's gonna die. My housemates and I did that with Bake Off. We who's each gonna chose, die? Who's gonna die? Who's gonna well basically Sue Perkins is doomed. <laughs> <laughs> we all chose one that we thought was the best baker. Right. And then we're completely rooting for them and it was so it was so did good did anyone's go out at the first round no they didn't thank goodness although i got so worried mine was andrew i adore andrew andrew is the best you bear, bear in mind neither of us have watched uh, it andrew I've is no great i was going to but then sombra happened so. oh, you missed out <laughs> the event known as sombra happened yeah <laughs> too busy if they'd have made a sombra cake you would have been there well yeah, imagine if, if, if there if was, was if one of their cakes someone, had 23 on the top exactly and it like code if, around like, the if, if it depended on the exact amount of chocolate sprinkles they'd put on the top added up to some binary code that then could be used to translate what someone had written in their ganache. I better go and check that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> It was really, really good. And it's like Great British Bake Off is a massive entertainment phenomenon, like in terms of what we watch in the UK, how it's gone over to America. 
And it's just the most quintessentially British, beautiful mm. thing ever. And you are so not interested, Dale. Your Could face. not give a solitary shit. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it is good. I like I it. Mean, really I mean, I've, I've seen it in passing mm. and I just, uh, it's not for me. Do you, know, do you know what I think is the best thing about it? And why you should love it. <laughs> why I should love it. Why you should love it. Why you must. Because one of the judges uh, is this guy called Paul Hollywood. And he name. is just absolutely brutal on the most wonderful, chintzy, gingham, twee show. What are those he, words you just said? <laughs> the most middle class words you can find imaginable. He kind of sweeps in and... um. <laughs> the way that he gives feedback to these bakers, he'll just be like, that's rubbish. That's inedible. That's disgusting. Inedible. inedible. <laughs> and he has like these piercing grey blue eyes. But when you Google him and find out more about him, this man created the world's most expensive bread loaf. Which on the... <laughs> what which, does that exactly, mean? Exactly. The women is called Hollywood. Exactly. Like you could, I used grain brought from the moon. <laughs> I milked angel tears. Gross. Like, milked angel tears. Exactly, like anyone, anyone could actually, I could go down to the local shop and buy a £600 TV, sandwich it between two baps and say, there you go, world's most expensive loaf. But sandwich he, it between two that's baps? A, yeah. That is a waste of a television. Also but baps. it is the world's most expensive loaf. That's not a loaf. <laughs> a loaf is one thing. All right, great British Bake Off judge. Well, yeah, that's inedible. What, what's his name again? What's his Paul name? Hollywood. What's his real name? Paul Hollywood. He is actually called what's, Paul what's Hollywood. What, you're called Dale Driver. You are not one to talk. Whatever. I refuse to accept that someone is called Paul Hollywood. He's by genuinely, birth. he's an absolutely terrifying man. I keep expecting, speaking of horror, the camera to just pan round at one point and he's just curled in the corner with one of the legs of the runners dangling outside his mouth. He, he has the look of someone who consumes humans. That's weird. Oh. His tan, I see that. he is so tanned, <laughs> he is probably glazed. Well, that's it. Yeah. He looks like um, sort of a, the demon that in, inhabits Killian Murphy has sort of entered a middle-aged, like, beachgoer's body. It's I kind of odd, like his weird eyes and his terrifying mm. stare. But he's just got, like, a normal kind of schlubby man's body. And yeah, it's one of our biggest cultural It's the new Top Gear. It's the new Top Gear, which is very interesting. (laughs) And there is a reason that I'm talking about Bake Off. And there is a reason there's a gigantic WWE hoodie. Because we're going to wrestle over a cake, Dale. (laughs) I will win. (laughs) So we have a quiz. I've got weight on you. We have a very special quiz uh, because, as you know, I tend to feed you guys when I come on the podcast. What? It's either chili That's chocolates like oh, I wasn't or there. 100% chocolates. I'm just, I'm just that chocolates. Was it. That was I'm, it. Here, I'm here for you guys. I always feed you. Always. Always. always eat the paper. But you, well, for this, you're going to need to put on the blindfolds that I have provided oh, for you. All right. Yours, Joe, is actually a proper red blindfold. Like proper deer hunt like stuff. Proper, exactly. So why have I got the glasses? You've got these mental glasses which we found underneath Rory's desk, which are but they're like mirrored, mirrored, mirrored glasses, but, but I've you've stuck, still put... I've stuck post-it notes on the top because otherwise you would have been able to see. I've stuck <laughs> them on. I've stuck did. Okay, okay, right. That oh, looks good, man. Cover yeah. your eyes and I will explain. All right. I will explain oh, double the nine. game. The problem is my head's really this big. This is real good audio. I've got the highest <laughs> possible helmet size you can buy in shops so this is very tight <laughs> okay oh god I am testing am I still talking into the mic you are, you are. in another Who room am I? Where am I? right right I feel like I know what's going to happen oh, if so it's tight. got nuts in it I'm going to be fuming 
Are you allergic to nuts? No, I just hate them. Oh gosh, I had a really <laughs> horrible, my heart stopped for a minute. This is my assassination attempt. Right. right, so there's three products that I've got here, all bakery related. You have to correctly identify each one, give its correct name, and then what? give the rest to me so I can eat them. I okay. have no chance at this game whatsoever. Round. Also, this is really weird that I can't see you because we don't know who's going to talk. Yeah, this is terrifying. Also, I think just the fun in this for me is watching you try to yeah. eat with like not being able to see how to put the thing in your mouth. This right. is going to take long because it's really tight you. on my eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, I, was just, I just realised, Joe, I've been holding this out to you for oh. ages. <laughs> and of course you can't yes. see. For the benefit of the audience, oh, we sticky. are both blindfolded. Mm -hmm. Right, so right, you're going to need to what describe. That? that feels like a dead mouse. <laughs> what on earth? Right. Is this edible? Oh my god, I Joe. just smashed it into the mic. <laughs> After Joe, explain oh. what you are experiencing. I'm eating already, this is great. Oh, it's mm. fallen on me. Right, mm -hmm. should I start eating or should no, I wait no. for Joe? No, no, it's quite... It's pastry. Oh, is it like a... Am I meant to guess? Yep. And describe. Is it like a Danish? Mm. It's quite soft, it's a puff pastry. Mm-hmm. It's very tasty. <laughs> oh! It's a pecan swirl. <gasps> Pecan Close. twist. Close. It's pecan. Yeah. Pecan yeah. and maple. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Dale. Uh, okay. Dale. Okay. Do you eat the rest? Pass? It's really nice. <laughs> it's really good. It's one of oh, my have I got the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I've just been waiting. Yeah. <laughs> um, True. Yeah. What I can't said. actually tell where my mouth is. <laughs> Wait. All right. I um. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I am not. Oh, Christ. In which a case, cuisine man. The point does indeed go to Joe. It is a Danish pecan maple twist. Oh, smash. I got all the words just ding, in the ding, wrong ding, order. Ding. Oh my God, it's delicious. It's so good. I love podcasts when you can hear people eating. <laughs> this is the best quiz. <laughs> you have to edit this as well. Oh, <laughs> all right, round two. Mm. This time... Look, I'm going to have to clean up in here afterwards. As yeah, well. I'm um, all covered in I'm crumbs. I'm cleaning up with yeah. my face. This round... Be I better not take off this blindfold and you're just eating... Licking crumbs <laughs> off the table. Okay, maybe it's a good shout that you guys both go at the same time. Right, I, yeah, I don't so really then, understand. Yeah, right, so go at the same time and whoever thinks they've got it yeah. first. This feels phallic. Is this a pear? <laughs> <laughs> no, right, pretzel. there's a soft bit there. Yeah, we meant, what, oh, what, what oh, are we guessing at the same oh, time? What did you say, Dale? Pretzel. Pretzel! <laughs> Just this game in your mouth. has no rules. <laughs> we just get in to eat. <laughs> it's just I mean, that's okay. And it is nearly lunchtime, so I'm appreciating this. Unhappy British Bake Off. Mm. Oh my God. See, I'm trying to mm. keep track of my calories at the moment. Oh I'm going to have to put in like a bit of a pretzel into my fitness app. I apologise to everyone on the audio. Mm. This is so bad, just hearing us eat. Oh, but it's so good. It's so right and so wrong. Right. Mm. Oh, it's tough. Okay. Right. Here is... Mm. The final round. So we're we just guessing first one okay. to guess. You cannot, you cannot guess. Uh, oh, right, it's like a starfish. Something sticky just went in my hand. Oh god. Yep, no guessing yet. No, we're Dale. Dale, you both have to eat at the same well, time. Well, I can't see Joe. No, I also don't <laughs> okay. understand this. Okay, game. right now you can both eat. <laughs> right. Okay. It's cinnamon. Yeah, it's a cinnamon explosion. Cinnamon Danish cinnamon. Cinnamon explosion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is the correct name? I don't know. Cinnamon bun. I have no idea, but it tastes oh. nice. 
It is. You are correct in identifying the cinnamon. It is a cinnamon swirl, a Danish I cinnamon said swirl. A twist or something. You said didn't an I? explosion. No, well, there's a difference. I don't like the taste of cinnamon, so it put me off. <laughs> Can I take the glasses off now? Um, I feel like I've lost anyway. So. Woohoo! I do think the winner of that was. Joseph Scrabbles, baking extraordinaire. Oh my god, look at the on. mess on this table. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Stella's just oh. taking off his God, glasses. it's so bright! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm crying. I am so happy now, right now. Thanks for the free food. This is so actually great. Food. Oh my god, it is so messy. Mm, I'm I did actually have a can of Fosters in my bag for the winner. What? I don't really know. I mean, are you... I'm alright. Would you bestowing <laughs> upon Joe Scrabbles the can of Foster's? Wash down this pretzel. <laughs> so, what has this podcast become? You're drinking a can of Foster's mm. and eating a pretzel. I'm eating a pretzel. Mm-hmm. I'm try snorting these on. They the cinnamon as well. Right. Feedback. Fossey, yeah. you could see. Thank you for still listening, people. Well, I wasn't there. You could see. I could, but I wasn't. Yeah, I still lost, though. Oh, actually, it's refracting my shirt. I'm so shirt. happy right <laughs> You'd have to be like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hand? Yeah, thank you for still listening to the podcast. If you are, oh, I would have given up by now. So. Hush. Hush. <laughs> no, it's the sound of people eating. It Who doesn't want to listen to? It would have drove me mad. Everyone should just get their own pretzels <laughs> or cake-based products at home and eat along with us. Mm. It's past 12, isn't it? Yeah. This is legit. It's, it's nearly lunchtime, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's me. Yeah, Sorry, you're I'm up dr- first, I'm, Joe. I'm drunk. <laughs> Worst podcast ever, this is. <clears throat> Matt Rye. Like the bread. Bake Off. Mm. Hello, all. I've recently started what I'm calling my quest to catch up on all of the... He emphasises that. That's my voice. <laughs> on all of the movies I should have seen by now, but haven't. I've gathered suggestions from friends on Facebook and put together quite an eclectic list. Here's some of what I've done so far. He's, he, he's rated all of these out of ten. Mm. Dead Poets Society. Mm. What do you get? Yes, let's do Very quiz. Good. Miniature uh, quiz. What do I think he's seven. rated it? 6.7. Very good. Oh. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ten. Should be a nine. Should be a ten. Four point five. Well, that's despicable. I don't know how old. Oh, I do. He's thirty-five. Well, you should like Monty Python. (laughs) Get out. I'm Uh, curious. Interesting. Notting Hill. Um, Um, I've never seen it. Eight point oh. Blimey. Almost twice as good as Monty Python. That is. I've not seen it, but I disagree. For another day. The Goonies. Um, Um, Eight. 5.5. 5.5. Well, that's mm. nice. just disgusting mm. as well. I've never watched it. Yeah. The Godfather. Your lip curled in disdain. <laughs> Final one, The Godfather. Uh, 10? 9.5. Oh. oh. I mean, it's a bloody good film. The biggest reaction I've received to any of these films, until now, has been my, around my low score for The Goonies. People flipped out. Nostalgia has its grip on too many with this title. <laughs> it just wasn't that good of a movie. I was very, very pleasantly surprised with The Godfather, and I can't wait to watch part two. First, what is the UK's podcast's definitive list of 10 movies you have to see before oh you die? Goodness. Can you work out a list of 10 you can all agree on? Well, let's not do Alicia's watched nine films ever. <laughs> so well, that's going to be a problem. How about we do one film each? One film each that you yeah. have to have watched. Yeah. Mm. And okay. I won't say The Prestige because I mention it on every I'll podcast go, I'm ever on. So Linking to that, though, mm. I'll go first and I'll say Memento. Oh, that is good. And that's from a, a that filmmaker's point film. of view as well. It's just something that completely like subverted mm. all sorts of genres. Mm. And did like its own original thing, and it's a film I think everybody has to see. I try. I don't want to reveal anything about it, mm. but absolutely watch it if you haven't. Memento by Christopher Nolan. Can you come back to me? <laughs> I'm going to say 
an incredibly flawed film that I have hugely fond memories of, Event Horizon. Featuring I love Event Lawrence Horizon. Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill going mad because of demons. I also refuse to accept any flaws. It's a people, perfect film. People hate Event Horizon. Why? I do not get it. I think it's a brilliant sci-fi Alicia, horror film. have you film. seen Event Horizon? Nope. You're going to watch seen, Event Horizon. I, that's it. I, we were talking about... That's a good horror film. Before Alicia joined, film. we were talking about screening films that Rory hasn't seen that we all love. Yeah. Now we've got to do it for it's you and me. Rory. Yeah. Event Horizon is so good. I'll bring I love it, it for you tomorrow. Literally, it. I'm loving this. Every week, Dale's bringing me in a film. Last week, it was Spinal Tap. <laughs> have you watched it? Mmm, I really liked it. Say Spinal Tap, then. <laughs> Spinal Tap's so good. What's yours? My, oh, it's really hard. Oh, I like doing this with the Fosters. Really? Um, a film that I absolutely think that you have to see before you die. I mean, it depends on what you like with a film. I mean, my ab- I really love Five Hundred Days of Summer. I absolutely film. I like adore that film. it. Yeah. And I would. That was I think the- it's a. I think that's a very modern take on rom coms. Yeah, mm. is like very enjoyable well, as a result I love that first line this is not a love story this is a story about love I mm. just think it's a really really true it's a perfectly acceptable answer I think that's I yeah. think that's a yes, very good film I passed the test <laughs> <laughs> that's ruled out of keyword countdown forever now so no! <laughs> second how much should nostalgia play into a score for a movie well, I've just done that with Event Horizon. Yeah. The example I used to explain my low score for Goonies was as follows. If you were to show me Goonies and Spotlight as an eight-year-old, I would have loved Goonies and hated Spotlight. As a 35-year-old, <laughs> I think Spotlight is a wonderful film and Goonies is just not that good. Pardon me? That's the Fosters. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? Right. That's crazy. Firstly, just said. comparing Goonies and yeah. Spotlight... <laughs> Spotlight, a film about the institutional cover-up of child rape. <laughs> that Goonies features no child rape. No. Thank goodness. <laughs> that makes Does finish your trouble not trouble. much sense to me. No, and also the idea of scoring something when you're nostalgic about it. Hey, okay, here's like, a, Why would you watch something? Like, if I'm nostalgic about memory, why would I be scoring this yeah. out of nowhere? The thing about nostalgia is it works. It's the point. Like, Absolutely. I have hugely fond f- memories of films that are no good. Absolutely. Because I watched them as a kid and yeah. didn't know any better and they... It became a part of my subconscious. The amount of like, spoof films I absolutely adore, which I know on paper are awful films, yeah. and if they came out today, I'd dismiss them as mm. Meet the Spartans or whatever they're called. You know, oh my I mean? god, I watched that in on a rainy day in Australia, and I nearly killed myself. Yeah. But that, I imagine, <laughs> maybe not, but imagine if um, as an adult I'd gone back and watched, like, oh, what's a good example? Um, Hot Shots or something like yeah. that. Then I'd probably think it's a trash film, but nostalgia plays into that, obviously, big time. I think, so. yeah, actually, the other film I was tossing up saying was Hot Rod, which I think is one of the greatest it's comedies ever made. Have you seen Hot Rod? No. You're oh. going to watch Hot Rod. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think if I didn't have the... Asso- I think I'd like it, yeah. but if I didn't have the association that I do, like I watched it when I was kind of making a best friend at uni. Yeah. And like that was your film together, and that was a Aww. thing that we watched over and over again. Aww. I had that with um, old school, you know, the Will Ferrell yeah. film. So I um, lived with two guys at one point in my life, and we watched that film religiously. Yeah. We'd put it on like every week. It was yeah. just a film to watch when and we were hanging out. Like I don't think I'd think Hot Rod is the best comedy ever made without Absolutely that. Not. But it's legitimately. <laughs> that thing is allowed like yeah. nostalgia is fine yeah like as long as why does everything have to be scored why yeah. can't you just enjoy in a film enjoy a film or not enjoy a film but there it's is an inter- but there is an interesting point to be made about watching a film that people th- view with nostalgia that you don't so i've never seen goonies yeah but if i watched that alongside um what's a comparable film like super 8 maybe yeah. like a, f- a film of similar like intentions but that's the thing 
I might not think that way, and that's because I don't have a childhood association. Whereas yeah. Super 8 came out sort of young enough for me to have like a positive association with let's, it in let's that way. Ignore, ignore that The Goonies is also a Spielberg film as well. Yes. So it's, it's not like just some random not, Yeah, exactly. It. it was a big deal. And uh, We're back on to Goonies specifically. Goonies again. fucking love The Goonies. I, I do need to watch it. But like, it, that is a really interesting point. I think maybe we've poured too much scorn on Matt Rye. Yeah. But I think there is a point to be made that nostalgia is both valid and mm. like, well, if it, it, if, it take, like you say, scoring yeah. doesn't work when it comes to nostalgia no. because it, it's not an objective thing anymore. I get his process though. He, he's, he's going through it and he's watching films he's never seen and, and watching it as an adult for the first time without that nostalgia attachment, he's looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. But it's impossible for me to do that with absolutely. that film yeah. because I'll always have that nostalgia. Absolutely. You can't take that away. And that's why you can absolutely adore films that you're so nostalgic about. But recognise that they are incredibly pantaloons. Mm. <laughs> pantaloons. <laughs> pantaloons. I think we can all agree that you scoring Monty Python and the Holy Grail even lower. Pure You madness. are a maniac, sir. Wrong. Never listen to us again. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Uh, and do your you, mother smelt of elderberries. And your mother smelt of elderberries. <laughs> do you want to go next, though? Uh, no, you go. Should I go next? Ooh, no, ooh. I don't. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Oh, yeah. There's a number system. It does say see? number two at the top of mine. This is titled First World Game That's of half problems. of 23. <laughs> Guess what oh, I've got? Oh, oh shit. There's two out of three. What? If, <laughs> I was going to... I couldn't work out what, how to add one serious, to that. I think the can of Fosters now in your hand is you kind of try and rip apart. The can, and another thing I'm gonna about I'm going to unfold this and turn it into like an antenna <laughs> that I can wear to pick up signals. I feel like three people are listening to this podcast at this point. They've all switched <laughs> off like my mum, like, <laughs> Gav and Som- Rory. A fellow Sombra. There is no way Gav's listening to this. <laughs> That's true. He's not on it. So he's not listening. <laughs> Say whatever well, we want. Well... L. Young, Lavon Young, is saying so. I remember Lavon Young. Has Lavon yes. Young sent him? Yeah, he's yeah. the one who trashed Keyword Countdown once. <gasps> and then apologised for it very kindly. That's true, he did. You've got to remember. Well, they have quite a good question. Well, I'm sure they I'm do. Sure they do. <laughs> They're a human. <laughs> <laughs> Not all humans have good questions. That's though. true. It's very true. Well, they want to know. So I'm concerned and excited about Nintendo and mobile phone gaming. Pokemon Go is all-consuming for me. Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing are absolutely my favourite 3DS games. However, I'm concerned I won't be able to invest enough time in each upcoming mobile game. How many mobile f- phone games are you currently juggling? Do you ever go back once you delete them? That's interesting. So I have um, on my phone two folders. I've got now games and I've got past games. So I keep. You are so organized. I've got two folders for games called short games, long games. Nice. Nice. (laughs) This isn't even taking into account my iPad, which is full of games that I barely touched because I never use my iPad. But like, I do go back to past games. uh, But at the moment, I'm playing two games. I'm playing well until this morning. I'm playing Mr. Robot and I'm playing Reigns. Okay, yeah, I'm playing Reigns um, as well. That's a good game. Have you seen Reigns? I've not it's seen It's really Reigns. good. It's yeah. essentially a medieval uh, kingdom management game played out through the like idea Tinder. of Tinder. Yeah. <gasps> you swipe right on. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, it's really, really clever and it's yeah. funny and it's got a great story. Like we were talking about yeah. narrative, I was going to bring it up earlier. It's like it's got a great little internal narrative that you're trying to work piece together as you're playing like this quite basic mm. strategy mm. game. It's really clever. It's like continual reigns as well. Like So every time your king dies, you, you take the new king and he's taking place after to that king uh, as well. So there's like this strange kind of running thing where you appear to be the same soul inhabiting kings yeah. throughout the ages. Oh, that's quite well, no, cool. Do you think that's true? Because I've had it a few times where they say we want to honour your father. Like, oh yeah, king. no, but at yeah. the at the end, at the start of the game, it says you were cursed to be immortal. Like your soul is immortal. Oh, okay, so right, I think right. the idea is you are a single 
being yeah. inhabiting a million bodies or whatever. But it's really, really it's cool. So fun. So um, it's rains as in he reigns over me. Yes. Not gosh, look at all that rain. Or horse reins. Or rain, horse reins. Yeah, reins that one down the bottom there. It's good. Ooh. It's got a cool art style as well. It's very good. Any so yeah, the point my point being, yeah, I think I usually juggle about two games. Yeah. I've got I play three a lot or four of games as well. Yeah, I've got three or four games on the mo I've got Mr. Robot, um Pokemon Go still occasionally when I'm walking mostly and uh, I've got Bejeweled Stars as well because oh, I love yeah. me some Bejeweled and PopCap and yep. if there's a new PopCap game I'm all over it every time fair play but for games I've got I rarely do go back but I've got a few like Ridiculous Fishing did you play oh, that? I, I, never, fishing I never got into I that. adored that I did everything I could deleted the app and then about a year later I really wanted to play again so I went That's back and play. did it all again I know the developer of that and he is the loveliest man I think I've ever met That's tell good. him I fucking love his game I will I swore way too much on this episode I apologise um, there are what do I like? What have I gone back to? Cannibalt, I go back to a lot. That's a good Cannibalt's game, yeah. just the original and the best endless runner. Um, I like Jetpack Joyride though. I was a fan of mm. Oh, Jetpack Joyride's incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's the other one that I go? Oh, 80 Days is yeah. just one of the best. Brilliant, bright yeah. and cool. So, so good. Um, I mean, I think, well, I think yeah, we, could, we can say we're hosting the launch party for Inkle's next game, Sorcery 4. Hey, I didn't um, know we were doing that. I didn't know either. In a couple of weeks. Oh, oh, that's nice. really cool. Um, we'll have a post about that on the website awesome. at some point soon. Check that out, guys. We're, going to do, we're doing a co-podcast with the Inkle cast. Nice. Oh my gosh, I'm really fantastic. excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be really cool. I mean, I think I think Levon's question, you know, saying how many phone games are you currently juggling? Do you ever go back once you delete them? Like, absolutely. I, I kind of look at games, especially mobile games, in the same way that, you know, sometimes I'd look at, at books. Mm. Like, you, you can still, you can have the enjoyment and then go back once again. Well, I've got one of the, the worst line. memories of all time. And so going back to games is perfect because yeah. I remember almost mm. nothing of them. Did you play uh, Game Dev Story yes. and New Star Soccer as yep. well? Oh, New Star Soccer is an absolute... I had to, I had to yeah. delete that because it was destroying my <laughs> Both life. Both of those are games where I've played through and then deleted and then gone back like a year or so later because I want to try it again and you do it a little bit differently yeah. so it's not like you, it's not a narrative game obviously both of them Game Dev Story was incredible for oh, that like, Kairosoft who yeah. make all those games are unbelievable yeah. like they make the same game over and over again and somehow it's always great <laughs> like it's fantastic <laughs> they have the magic touch yeah. yes also um, point worth raising the uh, Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing games like mm. Do you have any idea what those are going to be like? Nobody because does. I cannot no, guess yeah. what they're going to do with those. Like particularly nope. Fire Emblem, that's such the a strange. The only thing I can say is they're going to do for those games what Pokemon Go did compared to Pokemon. It's going to mm. create some sort of mobile-friendly version. Yeah, and simplified. But that's you know mm. that's not an answer. That's that's all I can imagine right mm. now. Like, like my my big theory about Animal Crossing New Leaf was that it was making fun of mobile games, free-to-play mobile games, because right. okay. it constantly did stuff they did and just made it slightly better. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of get how Animal Crossing could translate. But Fire Emblem's like an intense strategy game. Mm. You play over hours. I don't mm. know how that translates mm. to a mobile experience. It's, it's going to be really weird. That, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they do it and yeah. distill it down. Cool. What's our third and final bit of feedback? Can I just do this? Yeah! Ah! <laughs> oh, nearly. <laughs> nearly came out. Del tried, tried to throw it over his shoulder and it just floated back. Do you back know about the, the, the Rory? Have you ever seen I know the about Rory the gift. I cannot believe that. I've seen the GIF of it. <laughs> <laughs> it came out the right way. No. no. <laughs> one day, never one, one, day <laughs> one day we will meet. Rory. Okay, God, so this is from crumbs. Sebastian Trower. Uh, I run a business and have a toddler, so my gaming time is very limited. As a result, sure. I find my <laughs> as a result, I find myself getting frustrated at the lack of skill and basically being quite shy at games now. I watch a lot of Let's Plays on YouTube as I still have a love for games, just not the time and patience to get good at them. 
Can you guys recommend me a game to get back into the swing of things? Ooh, one that's not okay. too difficult. Then. So let's let's narrow down what's going to be useful to someone in this position. Yeah. Yeah. So presumably you want a game that can be played in relatively small dip chunks. In, dip in, yeah. out, yeah. 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 Um, you want, I guess, something... You probably don't want something story-led. No, I've got I, the answer. I think quite intensively. Want, I've got the answer. Story Go on then. No Man's Sky. But no, I you like No Man's Sky more than anyone that. else in the world. That is true. I am a big super fan of No Man's Sky, but I was a fan of Minecraft as well, and I think those mm. two are very much cut from the same cloth. Where you can dip in, play for half an hour, explore a little bit, and then dip out, and then you don't feel like you've like pushed any narrative or anything like because there is no narrative. I mean, I, I agree with that in some senses. Once you've got past the initial investment I think with a yeah. game like that you There's have to the mechanics. you have to invest a good like like the first play session you've got to play it for at least three hours and then yeah. you know uh, Sunday think, afternoon just get yeah. that done and then yeah, you can chip if, away if afterwards. you could get like a whole day to just devote to that if you've you know kick yeah. your kid out and just I mean if he was if he hasn't played lots of games and he wants something that's all encompassing it's such an obvious answer, but there's like Grand Theft Auto, which has yeah. got yeah. so many different yeah, yeah. mechanics and games within the game. Yeah. That I know. was thinking something like XCOM, like short missions, yeah. but with a very consistent through line. You've got this right. idea of like constantly managing one thing, but you play the game itself is mm. separated okay. into very distinct chunks and like really interesting in-depth stuff that you can think about over a huge amount of time, yeah. but you can play in like tiny moments. I just had another thought. Overwatch. Oh, hey, well, Overwatch. who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just thought because we play at lunchtime and it's, I don't take that game home with me. It stays at work. Yeah. yeah, and I love that game. But it's a game of let's just have a couple of games at lunchtime and that's it. it. We yeah. put tens of hours like, into in increments. in half an yeah. hour increments. And yeah. it's something yeah. he hasn't got much spare time, but he's got a yeah. spare like 20, 30 minutes. Can have shout. a few games of Overwatch. The only really issue shout. is we have a very skewed idea of Overwatch because we always play together. That's true. Mm. And a lot yeah. of people I know have played it and gone. I just mm. can't organize this. Yeah. If you're someone who's playing at just the moments you get yeah you're not going to have as good a time i don't think absolutely i, I saw that with uh, the division when everyone at work was playing it for about a couple of weeks and then everyone stopped while i was still playing it and then i just had to play with randoms all the time because i couldn't no way organize like groups of friends yeah to do it's it. never yeah. as fun no never as fun it's the, it's the community so that is, that, maybe that's a, that's I, a good point but then I actually so, sorry carry on. well i mean well i was gonna suggest my game are you go for it cool i was gonna say something along the lines of tomb raider or perhaps mm. even Uncharted. Basically something where you've got a set series of levels with something that I'd say is story-driven that you can play in kind of hour-long bursts, mm. half-hour-long yeah. bursts if you want to. I'll just get through this tomb. I'll just get through this section. But it's, it's funneled down. That's the way I play all my games and it's always really dangerous. I was yeah, like, but we know that you're a broken man. You can't <laughs> stop. <laughs> no, but I'll be like, I'll just get through this tomb and then I'll be like, oh, but there's something shiny over there. Yeah. And that's it. And then I'm off. Trophy. But then, but then that's the other thing. So for instance, with Tomb Raider that you can do, which is really nice, you know, you've got the main story missions, but then you can always do just like a couple of side missions based. You can go, you can go say, I'm going to find five collectibles yeah. of blah 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 and then you can trophy hunt with them mm. a lot I've more I've totally done those. that and well. that's, that's really yeah. fun you can do that in like bursts I'd say Tomb Raider and Uncharted is a nice suggestion but both quite different ones like yeah. Tomb Raider's a bit more granular whereas Uncharted is easy going yeah. Un Uncharted you can start yeah. and just have and a nice time and just stop and yeah. then come back to it and yeah. it feels quite nice whereas Tomb Raider's like 
I'm going to go here, do this. Like, there's a lot, it's more task-based. Yeah. yeah, and it's not as funneled. Like, yes. yeah, Uncharted yeah. is very much your kind of patted along. Well, certainly the new uh, Tomb Raider is like big open yes, areas no, as definitely. well. Yeah. If, you, if you went and back and played like Anniversary or something, then mm. you'd have more of an Uncharted. And another idea might be, I don't know if he's got a Vita or not, but a lot of those games are built and designed for yep. like, you know, short bursts of play. Like mm. I was playing uh, Volume recently and they're all just very short little self-contained missions that you mm. can do in a couple of minutes each mm. time. And if you've only got a small amount of time, there might be a bunch of games on the Vita or, you know, mm. a bunch of those Vita games are on PS4 as well. So. Mm. I, well don't, I don't know about uh, business-owning Toddler Man because I've forgotten his name, but... <laughs> If he is Sebastian, As he if, shall Sebastian be yeah. if Sebastian is a total boss, then he'd play Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate oh. because it's the best game ever made and is perfectly designed for those kind of things. But the unfortunate thing with that is that to get the most out of it, you should be playing with other people because it is completely inscrutable. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it is fantastic. It is yeah. amazing. Cool. Well, if you guys have any suggestions of any of the games that you play or in your spare time when you've not got much time, let us know at, I should know this email, mm-hmm. podcast, right, no, let me no. guess it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> feedback, no. uh, IGN, mm-hmm. UK? No. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, no. IGN underscore UK feedback. You're right, you're right. You're right. IGN Sorry. underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, that, that last bit shouldn't have been tricky. <laughs> it that. is. But to be fair, it's the worst email address. Oh, absolutely. It's awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful. We'll I've, heard it, I've heard it every week, you guys saying it. And now for the first time, I've had to be the one that says it. Mm. And it's It's a the confusion is where the underscore I'm goes. It's after mm. UK or after IGN. IGN yeah, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah. It makes, if weird. you can make sense of it, let us know by emailing. <laughs> okay, that's all it. we've got time for, I think, this week. Yeah. Cool. So we will see you guys next time. Bye. Sorry. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.